Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of First and 16, The League Pod. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and I got a solo episode for you this week. Uh, I am going to recap week eight. I'm going to preview week nine. I'm going to talk about Marcus's wedding and how I broke my finger. And we're also going to talk about some of the news that happened in the NFL and just the sports landscape. Let's dive in. First thing I want to talk about this week uh, was Marcus's wedding, which was this weekend. I know there was uh, several of us from the league that were in the wedding or just there. Um, Andrew was the photographer doing a fantastic job documenting it. Me, Anthony, and Escobar, as well as John, um, got to be groomsmen for it and take part in the festivities, the rehearsal and everything. Really want to give a shout out to the groom, Marcus Polares, for including us in this weekend's events. It was an amazing wedding, awesome venue, great chapel, and a a great rehearsal um, (laughs) for everyone uh, not named me, which I'll explain later what happened at the end of that. But uh, again, just want to say congratulations to Marcus and Ursula for uh, an amazing wedding, and we're so happy for you guys and the beginning of the rest of your guys' lives. So hats off to the both of you. We love you guys. Um, again, the wedding was dope. Uh, I specifically want to give a shout out to the night before we had dinner in our rehearsal and we all just went back to Marcus's place and we played the dice game from Pirates of the Caribbean. And we had about 10 dudes in a living room playing that dice game. You're a liar bootstrap bell where you basically get, you know, anywhere from four to however many dice and, uh, you're basically just bluffing everyone in a circle trying to say you have a certain amount of dice. And if you get called out on it and it doesn't add up, you lose a dice. If they call you out and uh, they're wrong, they lose a dice and you just keep going, trying to bluff each other. It was dope. Um, I did not win. I don't think any of us, Anthony, you didn't win. John ended up winning the last game we played. He, uh, he bluffed a bunch of us and he ended up with three dice at the end. So that was a dope game. I can't wait for us to play that again. We'll have to do that at a league event in the future. And then the wedding was amazing, went off without a hitch, and uh, we got to the, um, the um, uh, what's it called, uh, reception afterwards, sorry, and it was awesome. We had great food, great entertainment, all the speeches were great, Anthony killed it, right, he gave his, uh, his best, one of his best man speeches, perfect timing, I was in the back, you know, timing and grading, um him and joey were you know stressed out about it but they did a great job and uh then we got to the garter toss which when we were at anthony's house all of us all of us groomsmen did a rehearsal dance where anthony or not anthony sorry marcus wanted us to learn the choreography for eye to eye from the goofy movie and we learned the chorus dance as a group and we all got it on sync And uh, as he did his garter dance with Ursula, doing kind of his solo work, uh, we were in the background doing our uh, dance and uh, Andrew recorded it. You guys will probably all see it soon, but looks really, really cool. But on the uh, second part of that song, after Marcus took off the garter and I originally thought you were going to shoot the garter into the, you know, the crowd of people and we were just going to stand behind you. And instead you turned to us, all of your groomsmen, and you fired the garter to us. So I was a little like, oh, shoot. Okay, so I guess we're going to jump for the garter. And I happened to be in the front kind of crouched. And when he released it, I jump and I stick my right hand in the air and I get, I think, like, you know, 
my ring finger and pinky finger on the garter as two other people get it that are behind me, one of them, including Anthony. And then all of a sudden I feel just like a giant rip and a huge sharp pain in my finger. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I just like let go of the garter. I look down at my hand and that, you know, that feeling like when you've just kind of like stubbed your hand or you hit it on something and you just feel like, ah, or like when you're playing basketball, when the ball hits the tip of your finger and you just think, Oh man, I just like, you know, jammed my finger. So I thought I jammed it. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh man, I might've dislocated this thing, but we still had another uh, portion of the song that we had to dance. So I just quickly shake it off and we go right back into the chorus of eye to eye doing the song. And if you see on the video, you'll see Andrew has me on camera at one point and you'll see my right pinky is pointing at a 45 degree angle in the opposite direction of where the rest of my fingers are pointing. So, you know, I finished the dance soldier through, and then we get to the end and, uh, we leave with, you know, the audience is cheering and everything. And I go over to Anthony and a couple of the other groomsmen. And I'm like, I think my finger is either broken or dislocated. Can someone try to like pop it back into place? Which now looking at that, that was stupid. Uh, but one of them grabs my hands and tries to pop it. And we hear like a crack. And I was like, oh shit. And it didn't hurt at that moment. Cause I think I was in shock, but I was like, that didn't sound right. That didn't sound like you popped my finger in place. And then uh, the wedding went back to the reception. And I was just like, you know what? Riverside community is right down the street. Cause we were at like near the mission Inn, and uh, I just walked over really quick. And I was like, you know what? They'll tell me, I just want to make sure this thing's not broken. And I uh, went to urgent care and uh, you know, like an hour later, they're doing an x-ray on my hand and the doctor's like, how did this happen? <laughs> and so I explained it to him and he does the x-ray and he's like, yep, your, uh, your finger and your knuckle is broken. And so had to sit there. They put me in a little splint and I wandered back over to the wedding, um, finger broken and all and said my goodbyes and everything. But aside from that, it was an awesome event, but I know, uh, everyone was laughing at me because I look ridiculous right now. If you guys could see me, I'm on audio, but I have a full-fledged cast now. I went two days ago and they have my uh, entire hand in a cast and I have to spend 30 days in this cast. So super annoying, but uh, you know what? It's the, uh, it comes with the uh, uh, trying to get that garter and uh, I'm never going to jump for a garter ever again. So I don't care if any of you ever invite me to another wedding, I'm sitting that event out from this moment forward. So uh, <laughs> that was the weekend. That was Marcus's wedding. And uh, now I have a broken hand to uh, remember that day forever. Thank you, Marcus, for <laughs> including me. Uh, let's talk and transition to some of the stuff that happened this weekend in the NFL. Uh, the last like 24 hours has been kind of crazy in the news cycle. Um, the first big news that we got was after Sunday, again, all the events that happened, but Derek Henry suffered a huge injury just two weeks ago, I was singing his praises, how he was on a trajectory of having arguably one of the greatest stretch runs of a running back in NFL history. And it's looking like that is going to come to a stop now. Um, he had what's looking like possibly a Jones fracture injury in his foot that is going to put him on IR for arguably almost the rest of the regular season. The Titans have said that there is a chance he might be able to come back towards the end of the season for playoffs. Um, they think he could be back in six weeks. He could be done for the year. But again, as we all know with Derrick Henry, he is a freak of nature and a beast. He'll probably beat that timeline and be back. But brutal blow to the Tennessee Titans, as well as to Hayden's fantasy team. And just to, you know, sports fans. It's so awesome to watch Derrick Henry 
And uh, to see a major injury like that just sucks. Right when this guy was literally taking over the NFL and doing what he was doing in a passing league, right? He's almost like a a guy playing in the wrong era. Like he should not be playing football um, in the 2020s. The stuff he is doing, the people that he's being compared to are records that were set, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So it really sucks that Henry gets hurt. Um, This is how crazy a season is. I just wanted to give you this number because I was putting these together and I'll read these later when I get to my uh, half season all fantasy awards I'm going to give in this pod, but we're only eight weeks into the season and Derrick Henry already had 175 fantasy points. Dear God, he was on pace for over 350 fantasy points. That is insane. So it sucks for you, Hayden, I know, but hopefully you'll be able to figure it out and uh, find some replacements for him while he's out. But, uh, the replacement that you were able to get today through a trade, but the big news is Adrian Peterson is back in the NFL, right? He signs 36-year-old AP, uh, signs with the Tennessee Titans, looking like he'll be a part of that backfield going forward. And that is big news because Adrian Peterson currently is only about 450 yards behind Barry Sanders for fourth all-time in NFL history. And he's going to have eight games to maybe get 450 that's very possible. You know, he could do that. You know, if, if uh, I don't know if we'll see peak AP because he has been on the street and if he was still as good as he was, I feel like somebody would have snatched him up, but you know, it's Adrian Peterson. I'm not going to count him out. He easily could go for 500 yards on the uh, second half of this season. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. I know Alex and Hayden are excited that he's back in the league and uh Again, only 450 yards to pass Barry Sanders, right? And then he'll be right behind Frank Gore in uh, in terms of numbers and stuff. So, But it's exciting that Adrian Peterson is back in the NFL. The other big news, and this is more of the sad news over the last couple days, has been just crazy in terms of what's happening to these wide receivers. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., the big news, uh, the Browns have all but basically released him. And who knows, by the time you're listening to this, he might be released because as of today, when I'm recording this on Wednesday, um, he has been basically ruled out indefinitely by the Cleveland Browns organization. Uh, Coach Stefanski came out and basically said that he, uh, they're acting as if he's no longer on the Cleveland Browns. Um, Odell is not happy there. He has had his dad send <laughs> messages, uh, attacks on Baker Mayfield saying he's not getting in the ball, calling out the organization and stuff. He's even had LeBron James tweeting for him as well as other athletes and other sports. So um, not a surprise, at least for me, I I've never been that big of an Odell fan. Obviously I think he's just been riding that one handed catch for years. And aside from that one play and that one season um, he's basically an overqualified Josh Gordon, in my opinion, that doesn't have substance abuse problems, but has just character issues and uh, drama follows wherever he goes and winning does not. He has never been to the playoffs or won a playoff game. Uh, the famous incident with the boat, right. And everything is just one thing after another. And uh, he, it looks like his days in Cleveland are over and uh, who knows if, he'll get picked. I'm sure he will get picked up on the free agent market. Once they decide to uh, let him loose, it'll be interesting to see where he can uh, land. I know there's a couple spots that make sense. Maybe new Orleans, maybe uh, Las Vegas. 
I know 49ers fans are all wanting him. And I'm like, why, why do we want him? Why would you want that in your locker room? Um, obviously the talent's there, but we have not seen the talent again. This is another player on Hayden's team, but now on Andrews because they made a trade and everything. So, uh, and then Odell, who knows, have we seen the last of him? Probably not, but, uh, I don't know how much, I mean, he's still talented. He can still, you know, play obviously, but just too much attitude. And, you know, like Terrell Owens, when he had all this attitude, like he actually produced on the field, which made people put up with his crap. And Odell's just too wishy-washy out there. Like you're going to have one game where he's decent, but then he's going to be hurt or banged up and you're not going to get any production out of him for a month. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see where he ends up and everything, but that's one of the drama. The other drama with another wide receiver that happened today, horribly sad news, the Henry Ruggs news where Henry Ruggs and his girlfriend left uh, driving down uh, in Las Vegas, 156 miles an hour and uh, collide with another vehicle, 23 year old woman and her dog in this car car gets flipped over and uh this poor lady and her dog both lost their life in this accident um henry ruggs was you know almost double the legal limit of an of alcohol he had a weapon in his car and it's looking like for the foreseeable future his nfl career is over the oakland or sorry i keep calling him oakland the las vegas raiders have released him he is no longer on the team and uh it's at least for the next i'd say two to three years he is his uh, football playing career is over in Las Vegas. I believe a DUI homicide comes with a minimum sentence of almost two years. So he could be looking at real jail time. Um, he will probably get probation. I, I know I was on the chat talking about Dante Stallworth back in 2009, when I believe he was either on new Orleans or new England. And uh, this similar incident happened with him where he, killed someone while driving drunk. He ended up getting suspended for an entire season and he ultimately was let back in the NFL, but with rugs, I don't know how that's going to work. He's so young. He's 22 years old. He's super talented, but man, uh, screw him for all I can, all I can say at this point, that is such a stupid decision by him. And I feel so bad for the family of that young girl, 23 years old. And she was only a couple miles from her house. I think she had gone out to the grocery store and then to all of a sudden be hit by somebody driving that fast. I, I don't even think I would want to drive 150 miles an hour sober. That sounds absolutely terrifying. I mean, I I've driven, a, I've probably pushed it over a hundred a couple times and the, that was insanely fast in a car. I cannot imagine on those small Las Vegas streets, uh, almost 160 miles an hour. Absolutely insanity. So, uh, Deservedly so, he's not going to be playing football for a while, and um, I just it's just terrible news and everything for that whole family. So I just wanted to, again, we shouldn't be talking about fantasy in an incident like that, but uh, you know, I just want to give my heartfelt regards to that that lady's family. I'm sure we're all in the same rights. And uh, again, the Raiders, man, you just you chose the wrong receiver, and I know Cameron and them were wanting these other receivers, but uh, this man is. Arguably, you know, he's definitely ruined his NFL career and he's probably ruined the rest of his life with this incident. But uh, as we all know, with the NFL, uh, with, <laughs> with we, we've talked in the past on the if you can pr produce, you'll probably end up back in the league. So it would not surprise me if Henry Ruggs in a couple of years was back. But uh, for the time being, his NFL career is over. And so sorry to that family. Um, and then the other big news, guys, is the Aaron Rodgers news that just broke recently, where earlier this uh season Aaron Rodgers told reporters 
that he was immunized. He said immunized instead of vaccinated. And everyone just took that as he was vaccinated. And uh, the reason that's a big deal shouldn't be that big of a deal. But the reason it's a big deal is because the NFL has all the their COVID protocols in. And if you are a non-vaccinated athlete and you expose yourself, your quarantine period is 10 days compared to vaccinated athletes that as long as they can show a negative test, I believe it only has to be 24 hours and then they can be right back with their team because of this uh, Aaron Rodgers being a close contact and then testing positive and then them finding out he actually is not vaccinated. He is now on the shelf for at least 10 days, which now means he cannot play this weekend in their highly touted matchup against the Kansas city chiefs. It was going to be Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. Now it's going to be Mahomes versus Jordan love. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, he lied to the NFL and stuff. Again, I know it's HIPAA laws and stuff, and who cares if he shared his medical information, but those these are the rules right now in the NFL, right, and everything. So uh, if you are going to be a non-vaccinated player like, you know, Kirk Cousins or Cole Beasley, just be upfront with it, and then you just follow those protocols. But the fact that he lied about it and uh, could have put other people in danger and, you know, it's just stupid. I don't know why he would lie about something like that. I mean, I know – people don't agree with some of the protocols that are going on, but it's, it's what's happening, right? It's the NFL. They're a private business. They've made the rules. Everyone's following it. And so for Aaron to do that is just really stupid. And now he's hurt his team and they're going to be down uh, their best player going into a huge game. Now they already have uh, a good record and this will probably actually be really good for the Packers organization to see what they have in Jordan love. But uh, it's uh, just stupid by Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I know Shane has hurt your team. He's going to be out for the week that is uh, building onto this crazy week of news and everything. The last thing I want to touch on from the stuff that this weekend happened, this was the weekend of backup quarterbacks, right? We had four different backup quarterbacks come out, put on huge performances and lead their teams to wins while their starters were out. And I wanted to ask again, if I had a guest on this week, I was going to ask them which backup quarterback performance was the most impressive. We'll go through some of these and maybe you guys can answer um, on your own and see which one was the most impressive, but we had, we had Trevor Simeon. Well, let's start off in the morning. Actually in the morning, we started off with Mike white making his first start for the New York jets up against the number one seeded Bengals. And this dude went shot for shot with Joe Burrow and led the jets to their second win. This dude threw for over 400 yards and absolutely torched the Bengals defense, giving the jets their second win of the season. Then in the afternoon, Jameis Winston tears his ACL in that huge uh, NFC South matchup between the Saints and the Buccaneers. And Trevor Simeon, who I didn't even know was on the Saints, I had forgot that, you know, um, Taysom was hurt. So I was wondering who the hell the backup was going to be. It's Trevor Simeon, ex-Denver Bronco. And he steps in and he kind of goes shot for shot with Tom Brady in that game. And mind you, the Saints defense is really, really good. And they had Brady flummoxed all game, but Trevor Simeon, you know, he could have easily folded and the saints could have lost that game, but he threw multiple touchdowns. I think he threw for over 200 yards. And uh, at the end of the game, when the saints needed to get in scoring position, he was able to do it. So uh, hats off to Trevor Simeon right there. So you have Mike white, you have Trevor Simeon. You also have Geno Smith, right? He finally getting his big win uh, while Russell Wilson's on the shelf. Um, lambasting the Jaguars. I mean, the, the Jaguars aren't very good, but Gino with an impressive game, especially after the trouble that the Seahawks have had the last couple weeks and stuff and losing games since Russ has been hurt. Gino put a thumping on the Jaguars. 
And then the big one was the Sunday night game that our boy John was at and got to witness Dak Prescott ruled out early um, in pregame of that game. It was kind of, you know, known that he wasn't going to play, but Dallas was playing games. They rule out Cooper Rush about an hour before kickoff. Or sorry, they rule out Dak an hour before kickoff and Cooper Rush comes in. And uh, Cooper Rush, you know, nothing too crazy, nothing too flashy. I mean, the Cowboys offense was struggling mightily um, throughout those first couple quarters. But when he needed to make a big play, he made it. I mean, right after halftime through that touchdown to Cedric Wilson and uh, got the Cowboys in field goal range at the end uh, to win the game and beat the Vikings. So Cooper Rush comes in and the man, the Cowboys, even without Dak, are able to take care of business. So you had Mike White beating the number one seed of Bengals. You had Trevor Simeon beating Tom Brady, Geno Smith, and Cooper Rush both beating non-playoff teams at the moment. Um, we'll ask you guys. You guys can respond possibly. What do you think was the best performance by a backup quarterback in a win? Me, personally, this one's tough. Uh, the Mike White one is insane. I kind of want to give it to him. Um, but I think I might have to give it to Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon beat the GOAT. He beat Tom Brady. Like, there's not a lot of people that can say that you got to go – and a big game on prime time, right in the afternoon slate on Fox, and you beat Tom Brady, right? <laughs> I think I tweeted something about what is it with just backup quarterbacks that give Tom hell? It was like Nick Foles, Trevor Simeon, and I threw in Eli Manning right there because I've never really liked Eli Manning and everything. I know he's a starting quarterback. But potential hall of famer but if he doesn't have those two brady wins i don't think he's even close to a hall of famer in the super bowl but uh these random quarterbacks uh give tom fitz so uh probably give it to trevor simeon for beating the goat but mike white man i know andrew was downstairs furious <laughs> this was supposed to be an easy win for the Bengals, and uh they lose this game and now let uh, the rest of their division get close to them what's up with the jets also their only two wins are against the titans and the Bengals, who right now currently sit as two of the best records in the AFC. So the Jets can't beat any of the, you know, the mediocre to average teams, but they can beat the good teams. Doesn't make any sense. Jets are going to jet. That's some of my week eight recap and everything. Let's move on to our highlights and stuff. Again, we have now hit week eight. This is the halfway point of basically the entire fantasy season. I know we do 17 weeks, so we're still, um, you know, one more week away, but I would like to give these half season awards half season all fantasy teams i want to give you guys the half season all fantasy team i want to give you the half season all touchdown team and i'm going to give you the half season all yardage team shout out all these players that are having great seasons and again some of these players show up on multiple lists but uh we're just going to give these players shout outs right now the half the half season starting all fantasy quarterback goes to tom brady thomas edward patrick brady a 44-year-old quarterback leads all the fantasy in points. Aren't we all just morons not taking him again? And he's still doing it, man. He's on Kyle's team. He has 201.9 fantasy points right now. Number one across all positions. Tom Brady. Enough said. The GOAT. We're all dumb. Why did we not take him? Number two, uh, the starting running backs on this team go to Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, two running backs in a very similar mold. Again, Derrick Henry's on Hayden's team and uh, Jonathan Taylor on Anthony's team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has 131.4 fantasy points. And Derrick Henry has 175, as I already said earlier. 
Derrick Henry, <laughs> it's such a shame that he is hurt because he already has like four games, four to five games worth of production more than like the RB, you know, four and five. He is just absolutely boat racing the entire position. So uh, Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor are our top two running backs so far. Our wide receivers, this has been, uh, you know, a, a great great group of wide receivers but right now our top three wide receivers in terms of points go to cooper cup jamar chase and tyreek hill cooper cup on dan's team 151.9 points jamar chase on andrew's team rookie 121.3 and tyreek hill recently traded to anthony's team 113.8 those are our top three in terms of point totals for wide receivers our number one Tight end goes to Travis Kelsey, even with his bad performances last week on Marcus's team. He still leads the position and has 78 points at the tight end position. Our flex, that goes to Austin Eckler, who is on Shane's team. He Austin Eckler has 120.2 fantasy points. He is the RB3 so far. Again, the RB3, and he is still... 55 points behind Derrick Henry at the RB3. And it's just going to get even bigger of a discrepancy as you go down. This is just insane, Derrick Henry. Our defense right now on the all-fantasy team goes to the Buffalo Bills, who Anthony acquired. Buffalo Bills with 87 points right now. Their defense has just been smothering all year. Um, so shout out to Anthony for getting them in a trade. And the kicker on this team is Nick Folk of the New England Patriots. Nick Folt, who is on Mina's team, has 84 points. So, again, that is our all-fantasy team through halfway through the year. Again, I want to also give you guys the all-touchdown team. Each position by the most touchdowns, I swear. I'll go through this one really fast. Some of the same names show up, but a couple different ones. Quarterback, again, is Tom Brady for Kyle. He has 25 touchdowns so far through halfway through the season. Again, he's on a 50-touchdown pace. Crazy. Derrick Henry, through his eight games, 10 touchdowns. James Conner makes this list for Mike's team. James Conner, just out of nowhere, backup running back on the Cardinals. He has eight rushing touchdowns so far. Just a great find by you, Mike, right there. James Conner, he is really just, you know, living it up in that Arizona offense. Our wide receivers on this list, Cooper Cup, again, leads it with 10 touchdowns. The other two touchdown monsters on this list are DK Metcalf and Mike Evans. DK Metcalf with eight touchdowns on Gabe's team and Mike Evans on Marcus's team also has eight touchdowns. They are the touchdown machines at wide receiver along with Cooper Cup. Our tight end on this all touchdown team goes to Dawson Knox for Cameron. Buffalo Bills, great find off the waiver wire. Five touchdowns for Dawson Knox. The flex position Austin Eckler, again, he was the flex for uh, in the total points. He has also scored eight total touchdowns for Shane. The defense that has scored the most, that goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys defense and special teams, which Cameron has, they have five defensive touchdowns already. Wild. And, you know, we all know about Trayvon Diggs and all his interceptions and stuff. They have been a great unit this year. And the kicker with the most extra points kicked so far for touchdowns, that is Ryan Suckup of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he is on Marcus's team. So that is the all-touchdown team. Now we're going to go to the all-yardage team. So these are the people that are actually just doing it between the lines of scrimmage, all right? This doesn't – this takes away touchdowns. You know, we get a lot of points from touchdowns and stuff, but I want to see who's doing it 
on the field in terms of yardage. Again, a couple of the usual suspects on here. Tom Brady is leading all players with 2,650 yards passing so far. Again, he's on a 5,000 passing yards uh, pace along with 50 touchdowns. Crazy. Kyle, great find. I think when did you get him? Like quarterback seven or eight probably, maybe even 10. Everyone was passing up on him to take the young rushing quarterbacks. Who cares about rushing, right, when you're Tom Brady? Jesus. Again, the running backs on here, just like the first list, it goes Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Derrick Henry, through eight games, 937 yards rushing. Jonathan Taylor, 649 yards rushing. <laughs> the number two leading rusher is 300 yards behind the leading rusher. Um, again, Derrick Henry, again, and he got hurt in this game and had to leave early. He would have easily been probably over a thousand yards had he not been hurt and been well on his way to his 2000 yard season. Sucks for Derrick Henry. Our wide receivers. Again, we got a couple usual ones here and then a new one shows up again. Cooper cup leading all wide receivers with 924 yards. That's insane. That's only literally like 13 yards behind Derrick Henry. Cooper Cup has just been unguardable. Debo Samuel of the 49ers for Brandon's team makes this list. Debo Samuel, second in the NFL in receiving, 819 yards receiving, right? Hadn't scored as many touchdowns, but man, this guy is just a yak monster getting all those extra yards for Brandon. And then Jamar Chase for Andrew. Again, it seems like every week he is scoring like a 50-yard touchdown. And Andrew and Jamar, Jamar Chase has 786 yards receiving. Travis Kelsey is our tight end for Marcus with 560 yards at the position. Our flex spot goes to Devontae Adams making this list for Mina, 744 yards receiving for Devontae Adams. Our defense that has given up the least amount of yards against goes to the Buffalo Bills for Anthony. They have only given up 1,883 yards so far. Um, that's a great pace, right? That's less than 300 yards, basically a game that they are giving up. Um, Graham Gano is our kicker on this list for Mike, who has the most 50 yard field goals. Again, we're going off yardage. So the kicker that has done the most damage from deep that goes to Graham Gano, who has over five field goals made from 50 plus this week. And those are our halfway through the season, all fantasy teams. Just love to give out those little teams at our quarter marks of the season. We'll give them out again at the three-fourths mark in a month and also at the end of the year. I want to give out now our Survivor Series Eliminator and our Barker Bowl shout-out awards. Again, our Survivor Series Eliminator, eight weeks through the season. This goes to Alexander Whiting. Alex, 49.36 points this week. The second lowest point scored by a team that has been eliminated this season. Only second to Kyle by one point. But Alex joins the list, becomes our eighth member to here. Um, he had a lot of buys this last week. So I guess if you're going to, you know, have all the buys, just have them hit you all at once like they did Alex. And uh, his team got mopped this week. But uh, welcome to the club, Alex. I'm sorry you are officially eliminated. Too bad no one tied you. I really wanted to make another Survivor video. Um, and our Barker Bowl shout-out, this one goes to a first-timer this season, and that is Marissa Saitman. Marissa, who scored 158.86 points, leading the entire Barker Bowl in scoring. Congratulations, Marissa. Your team has been really good this year. I know I think you're in prime position for a playoff spot 
in your division. And uh, thank you so much for participating. Again, thank you guys so much. Again, if you've looked, we are now halfway through the Barker Bowl season as well. The standings are updated. You can check them out on the website. And uh, if you guys have not got your donations in yet, please send those over to, I'll probably send out a message soon for those, but remember the winning team gets to pick where we send the donations to whatever charity they choose and everything. Hats off again to Marissa. Let's go into our weekly awards now before we wrap this thing up. I'm going to start this thing up by talking about a guy on my team, the MVP award that goes to Josh Allen this week, Josh Allen for my team, 29.46 points. 249 yards passing, 55 yards rushing, three total touchdowns in a great performance to get my team a victory as well as the Buffalo Bills a victory. Um, The Beast Mode Award, that goes to Kyle this week. Congratulations, Kyle. I know you've been on the opposite end of this sometimes this season, but great week this week. Kyle leads all teams in scoring with 120.7 points. And a big victory for Kyle to get off the schneid and end his losing streak. Congrats, Kyle, on the great win. Our Fatality Flawless Victory Award goes to Brandon Morales over Hayden in what was coined as the matchup of the week last week as the two last champions faced off. And uh, Hayden had the Derrick Hendry injury. Again, that did not matter because... Brandon was able to defeat him by a point differential of 42.46. Both these teams are sitting pretty good, right? Hayden's in second place in his division. Brandon's in first in his division, but uh, this was a big matchup. Congrats, Brandon. Flawless victory. The participation award, we all know where this is going. Again, this goes to our boy, Alex. Alexander, you got 49.36, second lowest of the season and he was our survivor series eliminator i'm so sorry alex man you got uh you got eliminated and you're taking your lumps this week is a tough week game of the week this one could go to multiple ones including you know cameron versus uh marcus that went down to the last game but travis kelsey really made that a dud and didn't do anything so i'm actually going to give this award to dan versus john which Actually, it was a low-scoring matchup. It was a defensive battle, but it got decided on Sunday night. Came down to Sunday Night Football again, a game that John was in attendance in Minnesota. John needed just a field goal to win this at the end of the game. And again, the final score was 70.26 to 67.32. And uh, had... um, The Cowboys kicked a field goal at the end of the game. John might have won by point. Zero four. Instead, the Cowboys don't kick the field goal, score a touchdown. John ends up uh, just barely losing. Tony Pollard wasn't able to score the touchdown for him. And had Zerloin made his field goal earlier in the game that he missed, John would have easily won. But he got a minus one instead of a three plus. John would have won that one, but it came down to that final drive of the Cowboys game for Dan to hold off John. So congrats to both of you for the game of the week. And the never going to give, never going to give Rick Astley award. That goes to the man on the microphone, myself, Chris Ferreira, the man who broke his hand jumping for a garter at a wedding. There's enough said. Broken finger during a goofy movie eye-to-eye dance. 
I'll never forget your wedding, Marcus, because the, <laughs> it's the it's the moment I got put in a cast for the first time in over a decade and stuff. So uh, uh, I, I have to say, you know, I never gave up. Right. I broke my hand, but I kept doing the dance. OK, so you should be proud of me. Right. I didn't storm off and leave the wedding. Uh, I finished our dance for us. OK, so I'm going to I'm going to hold my head high holding my cast. If you guys could only see the video right now, I look absolutely ridiculous. Um, Rick Astley award to myself. Let's preview week nine. Um, again, the six week sprint to the playoffs, right? We got six more weeks of the regular season. And also we are officially one week away from the trade deadline. The trade deadline is November 10th, next Wednesday. So you got one more week to get your final trades in. And then it's the final rush to the playoffs. And it is tight right now. There are a lot of teams sitting there right at like five and three and four and four, right? Half the league is right there in it and stuff. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a close race. Again, our division standings Com community kind of took a beating this week. They went one and three, but they still currently hold the best record at 12 and eight so far in league play. WWE, they went three and one. They're caught up now. They're 11 and nine, one game behind community. And then one game behind them is Mortal Kombat, who went, who is now 10 and 3. But they had a tough week, actually. King of the Hill put it on them this week. King of the Hill is still in last, though, sitting at 7 and 13. They won three games this week. So King of the Hill making a little bit of a move. But again, community, WWE, Mortal Kombat, then King of the Hill. That is the order. As we still have um, three more weeks of league play to finish out and see who is the best division. Matchup of the week. Uh, I got two of them on here I want to highlight. Again, uh, Hayden at five and three squares off against Alex at five and three. I wrote this as the Adrian Peterson reunion Viking Bowl, right? Adrian Peterson has now been traded to Hayden's team. And uh, he, Alex, right when Adrian Peterson comes back, you got to play against him. I know that sucks because you can't like root for him too much. You hope he doesn't beat your team. But uh, we got our two Vikings fans squaring off, both sitting with the same record, both of them sitting in second place in their division. This is a huge matchup for both of them. And then, of course, the other one I wanted to highlight was the annual Martinez Bowl. We got Anthony versus Kyle this week. Again, both these guys are sitting kind of on opposite ends of their division as Anthony leads the entire league with a seven and one record. And Kyle sits at three and five right now, trying to get back into that playoff race. A win this week by Kyle will be huge for his playoff chances. Anthony, obviously still trying to uh, lock down that number one seed and everything sitting there. So this will be a household battle for them. And uh, looking forward to see the results of this one. And that's going to wrap this week's episode up, guys. Again, I'm kind of out of breath. I haven't done a solo pod this long in a while. I'm used to having the guests. Hopefully, this was a good episode. Hopefully, this was semi-entertaining. Again, if you ever want to be on the pod, guys, hit me up. I'm always looking for guests. I know I don't want to try to bother you and stuff. I would love if I could have everyone at least once, even five minutes, you come on and read the weekly awards with me or just talk about a segment. Or if there's something you're like, hey, I want to talk about this this week. Uh, can we talk about this? I'd love to have you guys on. Um, again, I've had about six of you guys on so far. So uh, again, if you've already been on and you want to come back on, hit me, hit me up and you guys can come on. Again, I know I want to get everybody, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. So I'd love it if... Uh, if you guys want to join again, we can even have multiple people and everything on here, but uh, we're going to wrap up this episode week nine this week. 
hats off to you guys. We're in November. Hopefully all of you had a good uh, Halloween also this weekend. And um, we'll see you guys when I see you. All right. We're these couple league events. I know they've been late to get scheduled, but we might just have maybe one or two of them in December and January. We might just, you know, November is a crazy month. Uh, I've had talks kind of of maybe a secret Santa. We could do a little secret Santa for one of the divisions. So we'll see. Don't worry. We'll get these things figured out and stuff. And if we have to go into January, we can do a league event for the playoffs and stuff. So we'll see you when I see you. Thanks again for listening, guys. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a good week nine. Peace out, everybody.